Hello, hello, hello. Welcome. And welcome to the seventh episode of the Naturally Ever After podcast. My name is Nidia Guiti, and I am your host by profession. I am a licensed clinical social worker. And in this podcast, I share ways to overcome emotional barriers in obtaining our beauty. I firmly believe that mindset and perspective shifts how we think and feel about ourselves. If you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so excited to be recording the seventh episode of this podcast. Um, It just makes me excited. Like week, well, bi-weekly, because this is when these episodes air. But bi-weekly, as the numbers go up, which was kind of my idea in numbering them so that I can see the progress of, number one, how comfortable I'm starting to feel recording while talking to myself, really. Even though you're listening listening to this after the fact, in the moment while I'm recording, and this is for anyone who's listening to this who also has a podcast, it really feels like you're talking to yourself. So normalizing that is one part of it. I think the second part of it for me is the consistency in just doing it. Um, we all start things and it's like, you know, life happens and for whatever reason, the thing is no longer something that you're consistent in. So for me, this is what the podcast means. The consistency and recording, the consistency and putting out content. But most importantly, seeing that it, it started with one episode and now we're in number seven. So I'm just excited about that. With that being said, <laughs> let's get into it. Um, So this is part two of the Last episode I recorded, episode six, um, and the title of that one was Three Things That My Natural Hair Journey Taught Me About Self-Care. And as I was creating this list of three things, I realized that it's not just three things. It's multiple things. So um, this is the second part to that um, to that episode. And I've, I, I have a growing list, and I think that three things for one episode is good. So these... This episode, we're going to talk about the remain or the follow up three things to the initial three things I initially talked about. So just to recap from episode six, and you can listen to episode six just to kind of get more context and details for each one. We're going to today we're going to talk about number four through six. I want to recap one through three so that you know what part of um, episode six is about. So number one is keep it simple. Is one of the lessons that I've learned in the natural hair journey, but also in in how I grow in self-care. Um, be your own goals. That is a really, really big one. And I love I love how I explained that one in the initial episode. Um, so be your own goals is number two. And number three is remain flexible. Shit happens. So go backtrack, go to episode six just to get more details on one, two, three, and how the how these three things help me. I would say not not really well help, but most importantly, like just taught these things taught me about my natural hair journey or what these things have taught me about my natural hair journey and self-care. So number four, I wrote in my list, normalize luxuries in your life. And this is huge, 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 huge. At every point in your life, things are going to look different. And when I say different, like your access to finances, um, job opportunities, the friends that you have, the places that you live, the things that you're into in that moment, things change. And I'm, I'm, I'm making reference more so to budget as it relates to this, because I think that the, one of the biggest misconceptions that I see is that people think that you have to have a certain amount of money in order to treat yourself well. Now, I don't want to minimize that money is important. <laughs> it is. And money awards access so that you can do specific things. However, 
when we link money to self-care and the natural hair journey, looking a specific way is, is, is a very linear and narrow way of thinking as if that's the only thing that you can do. So I say this all to say that at every level and at every phase and season of your life that you're in, your self-care and your natural hair journey is going to look different based on what you have available. That's still no excuse to not do right by you. So one of the things that I've learned in my natural hair journey as it relates to self-care is normalizing luxuries. And an example of that is I fly to New York to get my hair trimmed. Um, I'm originally from the Bronx, New York, and my girlfriends laugh at me all the time. And I don't care because I live my life. (laughs) But I go to H2 Salon in Brooklyn, and the, the master stylist there daily, I met her in 2011, and she used to work at another salon in Manhattan, and then she opened her own salon, H2 Salon in Brooklyn, and I've been going there since. Now, in the times where I am unable to fly home to New York, then yes, I have a few people that I can go to in Atlanta where I'll get my hair styled. But H2 Salon is my go-to. And for a while, I, especially like when I moved to Atlanta, I was like, you know, I really need to find a stylist here, which does make sense to, to have a stylist in the city where you live. But part of the reason why I keep going back to H2 Salon is because I love the service and I love the quality of my haircuts and my trims and I and and I just love the experience of being there. And is it a luxury? Absolutely so, because I have to number one book a flight to go. I have to book an appointment to go to the salon and the salon is not a rinky dinky spot. So rightfully so the prices are going to match um the ambiance, the ambiance and the experience that they're trying to create. So when people ask me like, well, how much do you pay for this? Or how much do you pay for that? I always ask, well, what, what, number one, what's your budget? And number two, what do you define as expensive? Because I don't get my hair trimmed and my hair straightened often. If anything, if, if I, if I keep on track with, if I keep on track with how often I get my hair done professionally, I will probably say once a quarter. Um, Yeah, like about once a quarter, I'll get my hair trimmed. And if I'm not applying too much heat to my hair, maybe two to three times a year, for sure. But in a good year, once a quarter. And I'm telling y'all, every time I leave that salon, I feel more beautiful than I did walking in. And I feel good about myself. Generally speaking, I do feel good about myself. So my energy is on a thousand when I leave that salon. And the experience is always good. So why would I, and I'm, I'm, this is a rhetorical question, but why, do, why would I or why would anyone who has something that they enjoy, something that they don't do often, have that not be an option for them anymore or, or be guilted into not doing that? Sometimes when things life happens, and I get that, especially when it comes to finances where you have to, you know, maybe cut corners or make some sacrifices here and there. But if it is in your, if, if you have a way to still make that thing happen, and for me is to go get my hair trimmed and go to places, be surrounded by people, especially be surrounded by people, but go to places where you feel good, welcomed, and if it feels like something that is nourishing to you, then by all means, continue to do it and have that be normal for you. Have it be normal for you that, yes, this is a luxury that I'm, I'm maintaining and it's something that I treat myself with on, on, on whatever cadence you have this thing. So for me, whenever I get my hair, um, 
professionally styled because I don't always get it straight. And sometimes I'll do like a curly cut or whatever hairstyle. It would be once a quarter. But usually when I go to H2, it's because I need a trim. That's That to me is like one of the best things. It's a staple in my life. Let me just say that. So normalize luxuries. And that is my response for the self-care piece. I'll add another thing to self-care, a luxury in my life that has been fairly consistent, I want to say, for like the past two years. Was it two years? Maybe like a year and a half, two years. It's like getting my nails done. I don't care what's happening in life. I'm getting my nails done. I work a lot. Um, and there's there's a lot that there's a lot that I do, as I can imagine. There's a lot that that you do. Um, and it's nice to go to the salon and have something be done for me. As opposed to just constantly grinding, constantly working, constantly doing all these things. I think it's important to work. And I think it's also equally important to learn how to receive and to be okay with receiving. Now, these two examples is a paid service, but it's still something that's being done for me. So I'm intentional when I go get my hair done or even when I go get my nails done to not be on my phone, to just truly relax and be present for myself. And that is self-care, being present and taking care of yourself in the process. Now, what my natural hair journey has taught me about dating (laughs) as it relates to normalizing luxuries. So I'll share this. I, I feel like I've, well, not feel, I have been dating myself. There's things that I will go do if I, if I don't have someone that is available or willing to go um, to set event. I mean, with COVID, of course, dating, the dating scene has changed because I'm not just going out to go out. Um, but prior to COVID, and I'll use this as an example, I would just go to places, to events alone and nice places too, of course. And if I can get front row seating or good seating, even though I am alone, I made sure to do that for myself so that this becomes normal for me. Because I think that one of the things, and I don't know if you've experienced this, but as a single woman who is dating or actively dating or was actively dating, um, whenever I would go on dates, and well, I would probably say this is like at the beginning of like my dating, dating life. Not, not, not so much in the present as it was in the past. But in the past, I would go out with dudes and it's like, oh, you know, well, um... I'm just, I'm just trying to show you things and, you know, I'm just trying to do this. I'm just trying to do that. And it's just like, sir, I've been here before one. And I just firmly believe that like, I don't need company or having company is not the, it's not the, the, the thing I'm going to wait to do to explore places I want to, I want to see. Um, and even, even like before dating, like if my friends are not available to do things, I'm still going to go. I'm that friend that is like, okay, then if you're not available for this trip, that's fine. I'll I'll catch you on the next one. Because it's just so important to me to, number one, enjoy my time while I still have it. Very, very underrated. Because who's to say that I'll I'll be here long enough to to enjoy these things um, later? And later could be 10 years from now, 15 years from now. Hell, tomorrow. If I'm able... And, and I have it in my power and ability to go now and I have the resources to do it. And it's something that's on my list to do. Whether or not I have company to go, I'm going. I think that in dating, I've learned um, in, in, in just normalizing luxuries in general. I've also learned in dating 
Well, rather what dating has taught me and how this also transcends to other areas of my life is like not to be easy, not to be easily impressed by certain places that, that I go to, um, especially in dating, because I think that, or let me just say this, my experience has been that whenever I've been to a place or uh, in the times that I've been to a place I've never been before and the, the person that's taking me perceives that they're putting me on or showing me something or trying to expand me or whatever, upgrade me, um, it's almost like they have that upper hand in that. And I think that I was listening. So anyway, I was listening to this episode of the My Taught You podcast by Malik Teal, who is the founder and CEO of Curlbox. And she has this thing where she talks about fuck you money. And fuck you money is like, you know, your stash, your corner, where if and when something were to go down and you absolutely had to leave, especially on a date, that you still have to cover, you still have it to cover for yourself. You still have it so that you have like your exit strategy, but also so that people don't forget that, you know, you're just not sitting across any old body. Like, I think that it's important for us to have shared experiences and it's important for us to treat each other well, but know that I got it too. And know that I got it on my own. I'm not throwing it in your face and I'm not minimizing your effort. But if you want to remind me, let me also remind you, period. And that that's, that's where I stand on that. So normalize luxuries, y'all. Normalize, normalize, normalize luxuries. Because you are more than worth continuing to take care of yourself. And, and, and doing it well. So let's get into number five. Number five is... Um, so I wrote in quotations, I'm doing my best. And I think that it's a, it's a simple reminder, but a very important and powerful one of constantly, constantly and being intentional about reminding yourself, um, reminding yourself, extending grace and compassion at the phase that you are in your life, the season, the sentence, whatever you want to call it, wherever you are in your life with what you know at any given moment is the the information that you have that's up to date. And as a result of that, you're making the best decision that you have with the information that's available to you. Um, And I learned that in my natural hair journey. So my last relaxer was in 2007 and I'm still learning. 13, almost 13 years later, I'm still learning. And there's so much more to learn. Um, There's so much more to learn about my natural hair um, as I progress in this this journey. And as it relates to dating and self-care, I'll start with dating with this one. I wrote um, reducing how much time I spend regretting things that I've done before. And when I say done, I mean more so like people that I've dated longer than I should have. And it's like, oh, you know, well, had I known what I know today, I would have never blah, blah, blah. I would have never dated this person. I would have never done this. I would have never done that. And it's just kind of like, well, maybe you might not have. But at the time, you made the best decision that you that you that you could with what you had, sis. Like... Of course, if you know what you knew today, your life would look completely different 10 years ago. Hell, like five five months ago, five weeks ago, five hours ago. If When, when you're constantly learning, evolving, and growing, you're always going to learn something new, better, 
in the future than you did in the past. And I think that in dating, I spent in the past, not so much now, but in the past, I used to spend so much time thinking about like, oh, you know, had I known this, like I would have never done this. So I would have never done that. And one of the things that therapy supported me with is, you know, reducing how much time I spent regretting or like entertaining the, I, the that emotion of regret when things don't work out in the way that I initially planned. Um, and I feel like it's definitely shifted my mindset and how I look at things because now it's like, instead of looking at it as regret, it's information. That's really what the, the lesson was. This, this experience taught me this. What am I going to do with this information that now I have accessible to me that is now in my awareness and no longer a blind spot so that I can make informed decisions as I date and meet new people, which has been a complete game changer because then for me, nothing really feels like it's been a a complete waste. Now, sometimes it is. Sometimes that's just really what it is. Like, forget the philosophical, well, what's the lesson in this? You know, what what is the universe trying to tell me? No, none of that. Sometimes it is a complete and absolute waste, but not all of the time. And I focus on the times where the lesson is really there, especially when it's a lesson that I feel like I, that, that has presented itself in different ways, but it ultimately is the same thing. So... Extending that grace and compassion to myself and and affirming that I am doing my best, it's helpful. And it's also what I've learned in my natural hair journey. Now, as it relates to self-care, what I've learned about um, affirming affirming myself is that it what we say to ourselves and how we say it is so important and i believe that like subconsciously how we think and feel about ourselves does change our mindset like i mean this is really what naturally ever after is all about shifting the mindset of ourselves how we view ourselves how we speak to ourselves but most importantly how we feel about ourselves and one of the things that self care has taught me or like what i've learned in the natural hair journey in my natural hair journey as it relates to self care in affirming myself is that how there's power in the tongue. There's power in words and there's power in how how I speak to myself, which leads me to number six. Hype yourself up. Hype yourself up. Pay attention to how you talk to yourself. And this one is really, really, really big, especially to people that are the go-tos in their circles, the people that you know, your family and friends refer to as the strong one, the one that's doing 110 things, the one that has like all these jobs, is always busy, always doing all kinds of things. Because I, I, I fall in this category in some ways. You are probably, if you're listening to this, either you or someone you know is that person. And they're always there for other people and are so kind and so loving in the way they speak to other people but then won't, won't, won't give that to themselves. And I shared this in, I think it's probably like episode three, where I talked about it's very hypocritical to share with people or even teach people how to, um, how to do anything and not be the ones and, and, and being in that, in that leadership position, or even in that teaching position or role to not be the one to live out the lessons that you're trying to teach other people. So I think it's so, so important to hype yourself up and to pay attention to how you speak to yourself. But also keep in mind that if you wouldn't say this to a loved one, there's no way, there's no reason why you should be saying this to yourself. There's no reason why you should be talking down to yourself and have that be so normal. Or like, oh, you know, well, I'm just, 
I don't really mean it, but it's just like, uh, I don't think that the body, the body understands or sees it differently. It just knows that it's being said. So like, I know for me in the times where I've used not so good language, like in my body, I don't feel good. It's like either my heart is racing or I'm angry when I'm saying it. Like in the body, it doesn't feel good. So if I'm using the same language towards myself, my body is going to internalize that. And then how, and as a result of that, how I feel is going to be a lot different. And this is where sometimes you don't even need language to, to shift to shift the perspective of how you feel about yourself because it's already there. Like the body is already holding onto it. So I think that a way of unlearning and undoing some of that, because some of it is not mine. Some of it is not yours. Some of it is a lot of learned behavior from family and friends that we've been around. And I've, I have found that undoing that looks like affirming myself um, but also being my own cheerleader, hyping myself up and not, not like a fake it till you make it kind of thing, but genuinely, like when I, when I do something good and I'm happy about it, speak that out loud so that it becomes normal to me that this is how I speak to myself. And in turn, my hope is that I'm also teaching you how to do that. And you're teaching someone else to, to do that as well. And paying that skill forward because there's too much negative energy out in the world. And it's so easy to, to, to kind of just sulk in that, in that heavy, sad, depressing, um, fearful energy. And I think that as easy as it is to do that, I think we need to work just as hard to be intentional about pouring positivity into our spaces and to our ourselves so that we, we do feel good because it's a, it, it feels good to feel good. Now, as it relates to dating, I feel like hyping myself up, I don't know that well, it's helped in dating, yes and no. And I'll say yes in that I don't go out on dates and hype myself up about going out on a date. Not like that. But <laughs> in in affirming myself, because now I'm in a space where I do feel a lot better about myself than I have in the past. And when I say the past, I mean like in my young, when I was younger, like in my 20s, 20s-ish. Because I do feel more comfortable in my own skin, I do feel more confident in myself in general, in a lot of spaces. Um, How I show up on dates, I would even say that it looks different than it did when I was younger. Because now my, my expectations are different. Um, the kind of, the kinds of, the kind of partners that I entertain are a lot different. My priorities are a lot different. And I'm looking at or diversifying rather how I date people and and seeing what's helpful for me and what's not what's speaking to me and what's not and and being able to discern that skill has been helpful in the dating scene for me and I feel like I learned that in my natural hair journey by just being present with where I am how I am like I remember when I first stopped relaxing my hair like I would just stand in front of the mirror for a long time and I, I would just look at at myself And it's just kind of like, you know, sis, you cute. I know you're cute, but I don't like how this looks. I do not like how this looks. And even in saying something like that, instantly it's like I felt bad. It it almost felt like like my feet felt heavier. Like I couldn't even go to where I was going to go because I didn't feel like I looked as great as I normally would in the past. Or not normally, but how I was accustomed to looking in the past. And then once I start relaxing my hair, it was almost like, well, now I don't look like I normally did, but how do I still move in the way that I, I, 
I have always felt about myself. So like shifting that narrative a little bit to, to fit my present physical appearance that I'm also learning. And sometimes it wasn't, not sometimes, a lot of the times, especially in the beginning, it wasn't as easy for me as it is now. Like now, do I have days where I don't really like how my hair looks? Absolutely. But do I feel like my feet are heavy or I can't go places or do the things that I set out for the day? No, because I have learned what has worked for me. And I've also learned ways to work around it so that I can still get what I need to get done and look good doing it. Even, even, even if, uh, you know, said hairstyle didn't come out the way that I needed it to come out. And a lot of that skill for me was built in learning how to hype myself up, learning to speak positivity to myself so that I can feel good. Because again, when you feel good, you do good. When you feel good, you do good. Okay, lovely. So let's recap. So the three things that I did share in this episode are a continuation of episode six. So go back and listen to episode six to get your first three things and the homework that's attached to that. And then the remaining three three things that we did talk about in this episode, um, number four was normalizing luxuries. I want you to pay attention to what is a luxury in your life and what are you going to do to maintain that luxury? Again, within your means, everything does not have to be um, you know, a red carpet and limos, but the luxuries that you, that are available and accessible to you within your means and normalizing that because you are more than worth being treated well. Number one, first and foremost by yourself. And this is, this is also how we teach others how to treat us as well. Normalizing luxuries. Number five, um, affirming yourself and, and reminding yourself that you are doing your best. So, I want you to be intentional about how you speak to yourself and the things that you say about yourself. Even even if if you may not necessarily mean what you said, if it's something that's not positive, but just be intentional and mindful of how you speak to yourself and minimize when you don't speak well or highly of yourself. And it's not it's not to throw like, you know, well, you know, I'm a queen every single day. But yeah, you should say that you're a queen or a king every single day. You should feel highly of yourself and not not in a narcissistic way. But y'all get what I'm saying? Like it feels good to feel good and it, it it's good to do good for yourself. So just be intentional and mindful about that. How often you speak positivity and light and and energy into your life. So that is it for me today, y'all. This feels complete. Um Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. I am so, so excited to be on this journey with you. As always, I'm going to put um, my email address in the description of this podcast. If there are things that you want me to elaborate on or you have some ideas for a future for future episode topic, let me know. Um, Keep me posted. You can email me at hello.missguiti at gmail.com. Um, And that is it for me, y'all. I enjoyed our conversation today. Until next time, adios.